Welcome back to the Moti Channel Reseller Podcast. This is Joshua Esters, and I'm back again with another episode. You know, um, thank you guys for tuning in. You know, I just got to say that first and foremost. You know, the people coming through new to the podcast, those that are still coming through who've been original gangsters to the podcast. Appreciate all of you guys. You know, I haven't I haven't been drinking my um my cola lately on the podcast. So I'm I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna say what I used to say because I'm not picking up any sponsors by them. So from this point on I'm gonna say cola or cola zero because I that's that's all I drink in terms of that um soda pop is uh zero. So cola zero or zero calorie cola is what I probably call it. But um, I haven't been sipping any on the podcast. I, I just had one not too long ago. Uh, I, had, I, I had to sip it, but, you know. So, anyways, I got something in the freezer right now. When I'm done with the podcast, I'll take a sip um, before I uh, before I hit the sack. So I'm gonna try to get through this podcast pretty pretty uh, pretty quickly. We'll see how quick like quick I can get through the podcast. Um, you know, it's it's really really early in the morning, and I need to uh, need to get to bed. But I wanted to get on here, and I wanted to get on here and talk about a few things with you guys. Oh, one last thing too. I've been um I've been very I've been very intrigued. I've been very intrigued about uh, moving to Florida. So, if any of you are in Florida or who maybe migrated from one state to Florida over the past couple of years, I'll be interested in, in hearing um, hearing what you've gone through or how you selected your neighborhood or what you like, what you don't like. Um, I'm just interested, just interested. You know, I haven't made any decisions, but I'm just interested. So hit me up on multichannelpodcast at gmail.com. If you feel like sharing uh, your experience, if you've migrated to Florida and w- within the last couple of years. But anyways, um, I said one last thing before I said that, but that's not what I meant. Not one last thing. Uh, one last thing before I get started. Sure. But um, this this episode, um, <clears throat> I want to talk about something that's been on my mind probably since the beginning of this year. Um, and, it's, and it's about Q4. You know, I'm, I am for the first time in what, four years, maybe three, maybe four or five, I don't know, but four, I think first time in four years where, um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little not interested in Q4 the way I was previously. Um, you know, I used to really get excited, um, you know, in the early days, in the early days of me selling, uh, um, on, on Amazon, it was just a very exciting time. That's one thing I would never, um, I would never want to take back or I would never want to trade for anything. As much as I have a love and hate relationship with Amazon, um, uh, I would never take back that excitement that I had 
when I became an Amazon seller. I mean, it's extremely exciting. And it's, it's, it's a certain level of excitement that I don't have now. It's just like that, that new excitement, you know? Anyways, um, within my first year, um, I got introduced to this, introduced to this idea of, um, just through osmosis, got introduced to this idea of, uh, selling seasonal items, you know, during Q4. And, um, I did that and I found uh, a lot of success and I just, um, continued doing that every single year. And, um, I do it, I, I did it last year. I think I did it the year before, not because I needed to. Um, it was, uh, it is, a, you know, it is some extra income. You can say that, uh, or it could be some extra income. And, um, it, it's just something that I really like doing. I really, uh, I really started enjoying the fall season, um, in, in ways that I've never have before. Um, you know, and even outside of, um, e-commerce, just, you know, family moments and, you know, starting traditions. And, you know, as I was building my family during that time, a couple of years ago, um, still a bit building my family, but they were, you know, obviously a couple of years younger. Um, so I, my, all my kids are very little. So, you know, building that family time and then, you know, selling on Amazon is all exciting. And I really got to a point where, I, you know, the fall season is, is my favorite time of the year. So I really got into the holiday spirit. Like never before, I never really, never really cared before. I never really celebrated, um, um, never really cared before, but I'm very excited every year. My wife, my wife, the same, you know, she, uh, we've now shared this new excitement about the fall season. And also one thing about living in Vegas, uh, you know, it's freaking hot, you know what I'm saying? So when the fall comes, uh, and towards the end of the year, it starts cooling off. So it is a reason to celebrate, you know, so that helped, you know, um, the weather change, you know, here in Nevada, but but last year, uh, and I've talked about this before, uh, I talked about this last year, actually, on the pod. Um, I didn't have such a great Q4. I mean, it was, there was a lot of things that went wrong. A lot of things that went wrong that made me want to pivot. Um, so I will not be doing Q4 the way I've done it in the past. I will not. Um, I would not, you know, be focusing on my seasonal, <clears throat> excuse me, my seasonal business, the seasonal part of my business, right? So I, I, I label it my seasonal part of my business. I have my main business. That's, you know, I, I generally, uh, 90% of my products are, um, in the women's clothing, shoes and accessory category, but, uh, and then my seasonal business is, you know, the stuff that I do during Q4. So I would not be doing that this year. I would not. Uh, last year was a, you know, was very difficult. A lot of things went wrong. One of the things that went wrong was, you know, this whole supply, the whole supply. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember, but last year, I mean, there was, you know, all these different supply issues. I mean, there's, we, we still have supply issues today. But last year, I mean, there was just a lot of delays and shipping and things like that. And 
And according to my suppliers, that was a major issue. So a lot of products I got really late. So, you know, generally, pre preferably you want to get your products, you know, August, you know, to get them sent. And this is for Amazon. I, I do my Q4 seasonal stuff mostly on Amazon. So on Amazon, of course, you want to, you know, at least be shipping in FBA August to, to arrive in September so you can get those September sales, you know, and, and you, you, you want to be early in September because you don't know how soon your products are going to be available, but you want to be ready for October because September, you might see some trickle, but as soon as uh, September starts to end, you're going to start seeing an increase and then October you're going to see an increase, you know, and then obviously after um, Halloween, bam, that's when, you know, you get your first real spike in sales for Q4. And um, so uh, that didn't happen that way for me last year. And, and it, it, and it, 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 you know, it, I made it work, but I didn't do a lot of FBA. I did mostly uh, Merchant Fulfilled, and that didn't work out all the way because I had some other, you know, issues that are only Amazon issues. <laughs> you know, these are only Amazon issues that I that I that I had. You know, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example that are, that's a, a Amazon only issue, right? So I had a product that. I've sold, you know, and, and most of the stuff that I that I bought, I've been selling for like four or five years, you know, at least <clears throat> at least the last previous, uh, the last three or four Q4s rather. And um, I was uh, the year before last, I was doing a merchant, I was doing merchant fulfilled for this particular product, because it's it's actually very hard to sh to ship FBA, although I see a lot of other Amazon sellers they do it and they have their their products listed FBA. But it's a lot of work. I and I, I didn't want to put in all that work, and I was okay with doing, uh, doing it the way that I was going to do it. So what I did the year before was sell it merchant fulfilled. I sold it at a certain price, and because of the the um, the way the 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 way there's a difference between the FBA fees and the merchant fulfilled fees, I was able to assess the two, and at a at a even at a lower price point. I was able to still make a profit the way I, you know, in, in an acceptable way. So at the price point that I was selling on Merchant Fulfilled, if you were to sell it at that price point as an FBA seller, you would have lost money or your margin would be damn near like a dollar, you know? So um, the year before last, I always had the buy box. And for those who don't know uh, what a buy box is, we in Amazon, you know, on Amazon, when you, if you go to Amazon, when you're shopping on Amazon and you click the add to cart button, that is the buy box. That's what Amazon sellers are competing for. And there's an algorithm that switches the buy box sellers out. Um, so whoever the buy box is, uh, the, if, if, you're, if you're the seller that's in the buy box, that means when the customer clicks add to cart, that means your product is being sold. You had the buy box, so the, the customer is going to buy your product. So, the, you know, well, I'm not going to get into the details of that, but um, I always had the buy box because I was the lowest price. And, you know, the FBA sellers, they got their sales, too, because 
even though they were higher priced, they were, you know, two day shipping, one day shipping and all that kind of stuff. Right. But I was still getting the sales that I was okay with. So that was the Q4 before last. So the last Q4, I tried to do the same thing. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sell at this point price point. I even doubled my inventory because it worked out so well the year before. But this time I had no buy box. Okay, had no buy box. Okay, sure, you know, the buy box rotates, no big deal, all good. You know, it's only October, you know. And then after a few, a little bit of time goes by, I call them up, I say, hey, I call Amazon up like, yo, what's going on? What's going on? And then they told me that I can't get the buy box for reasons they can't tell me. So I'm like, see, this is why I don't like fucking with Amazon. That right there. I mean, it's, I mean, I already, you know, if you if you if you've been listening to the if you've been listening to the podcast, I know I've been ripping on Amazon for a little bit. Um, so, so, you know, so that was an issue for me, and I, I, I just. I, I cannot get the buy box, no matter what. It doesn't matter if there's a $20 difference between my product and, and, the, and the next sellers, I will not get the buy box as a merchant fulfilled uh, customer, as a merchant fulfilled seller. They never give me the buy box. So that person wasn't lying, it wasn't incorrect. They said I couldn't get the buy box. They said they would not be giving it to me, you know? And I've not, I, to this day, I still don't have the buy box, you know? So I have sold, um, some of those products, you know, if, you know, if, if you ever go on Amazon and you see a product and you don't, you don't see a price, but you will see a button that says, see all options. That means the buy box has been suppressed. All right. Now in that's, that's the scenario right now. So right now my product <clears throat> merchant fulfilled um, $30, uh, <clears throat> my product is $30. The next, uh, I'm merchant fulfilled. So the FBA seller is selling at $54. There's still no buy box. I still don't have a buy box. There, there's no buy box at all because sometimes like if the price is way too high, they suppress the buy box. And then, um, and it doesn't matter how low the price is because I'm the only low price and they're not giving me the buy box for reasons they won't tell me. So I've been seeing, you know, had I had a buy box, um, I would have seen way more sales, you know, because when the buy box is suppressed, that means the listing is somewhat suppressed. So you, so seller, uh, buyers can still find the listing, but it's not advertised the way a normal listing is because it doesn't have a buy box. Um, so that really fucked me up. That fucked me up because, um, like I said, I doubled my inventory in this one particular product. Okay. So, so I said all of that to say, um, my experience was pretty bad last year because I had basically overstock. Um, I have, even today, I still have about, I would say close to 10 grand in seasonal items, you know, close to 10 grand. And, um, I'm not entirely concerned about it because, uh, I have been selling it. it. It sells during the year, you know, Christmas items still sell during the year and Christmas, Christmas in July was actually, was actually 
uh, interesting, you know. Um, I had an interesting Christmas of Christmas in July. Um, I did some sales. I think I did more sales, probably because I had a lot more inventory than ever before. But I did um, I did about three thousand in sales on Amazon. So I'll see about two thousand dollars back. Just recoup about two thousand dollars. But even then, I'm still close to about ten grand, you know, uh, in inventory. So I was, I was, um, you know, any amount I'm, 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 I'm happy about getting. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that's cool. I can put that back in the pile. But, the, but the problem with that is, is that ten thousand, right? So I took money that I would have profited from and took home, you know, to pay my bills, to make my investments to feed my family, to, you know, enjoy life. I took that and I had to cover myself because of my overstock. So that's money I, I, I haven't seen yet, you know? So I made the money, you know, I made enough money to cover myself, you know? So that, that didn't feel good. That didn't, you know, that didn't feel good. Cause I've, I've done that for many years, you know, in the past. I was like, all right, cool. You know, um, this, these products aren't selling right now, but I made enough money last year or uh, last month or a couple months ago, I made enough money to cover that expense. Right. So, I mean, it's just, it's just like, it's taking money. It's like, it's, it's like I'm taking money for myself and parking it somewhere where I can't get it. And another thing is, um, about five thousand of that ten thousand, probably about four thousand. I'm not gonna see back. I'm not gonna see back because I had another Amazon only issue, you know. And this time I didn't follow my gut. My gut was telling me, "Don't buy this product. Um, don't buy this product to resell." But I, I still did it because it's a product that I've been buying for four years. You know, at least the, the previous three or four Q4s. Um. Yeah, any product, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mess with any product that's a toy, that's battery operated, that's electrical, uh, liquid, any product like that, I don't sell on Amazon, but this particular product was, uh, ele electrical, and, um, I didn't buy any new products like that, uh, I didn't buy any new products, you know, that fit those criteria. But I said, okay, well, I've been selling this product for a couple of years now. It, this should be, this, this should be, I was, this should be a safe bet, you know? Uh, um, but, but I didn't follow my gut and I was wrong about that. The Amazon e eventually ended up shutting down the listing and, um, and it doesn't really sell anywhere else. I mean, I have it up on eBay and I get some sales, but it's not a lot. So I'll probably never see that money back again i anticipate never seeing that money back again now i do have sales trickle in every now and then from ebay for this product but i'm i mean it's nothing you know you're talking about like in july i maybe maybe like in july i maybe did like one or two sales out of out of you know so i probably made back about 50 bucks and i'm, and I'm selling it at, at a loss by the way i'm selling it at a loss so i'm losing money you know, so, you know, at the end, if I ever did get back my money, I, you know, had all together about $5,000 in inventory, I'll make back about $4,000, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but I'm anticipating never seeing that money again. Um, 
And then the other, you know, five grand is just product that I have that does actually sell, but it's going to take some, you know, it's, it's probably going to take to the end of this Q4 for me to sell all of it through. So I'm, I am that, that put it, it put a sour taste in my mouth, but the, the, the main thing is I'm not discouraged because that happened to me, but, um, at this point in the game for me, it's time for me to pivot. All right. So I do have a seasonal brand uh, that I started, but, you know, not not a lot of progress there. But my goal is to um, just start designing similar items, similar items to the popular items that I've sold uh, in the past. So that's my goal, because now that I know I have a good sense of the past three or four years or three or four Q4s that I've been involved in. I have somewhat of a sense of what customers might want, you know, um, in, in certain categories. There's like, you know, three or four categories that I'm, um, that I sell in, in, in the Christmas season, uh, umbrella under, under the umbrella of Christmas season. And, um, um, there are just certain things that I, I can, I, I'm going to be looking for, um, and, you know, designing myself, or if there's a, you know, a product that's, you know, ready-made that I can brand myself, uh, that all I have to do is put my branding on it. I'm, I'm open to that too. But at this point I am interested in building out my own products, you know, building out my own seasonal products. Um, unfortunately my goal was to do that this year, but unfortunately, uh, I, I, I'm a little bit too late, you know, I'm a little bit too late to start. Uh, I, I started looking for suppliers and, and I really tried hard to find very specific suppliers and very, uh, suppliers that can do very specific things, but I haven't had much success. I did try earlier in the year, but I didn't have much success. So I was pivoting to, uh, another uh, another strategy to connect with a certain supplier. But at this point, it's a little too late to go back and forth with samples and things like that um, to be ready for Q4 for this year. And um, I was a little bummed out about that for a moment, but at, the, at this point in time, I was like, okay, that's cool. I have more time. I have more time to define, define what products I'm looking for and more time to, you know, go through as many suppliers as possible that can do what I need them to do. Hopefully I can find one supplier that can do, um, that can make, you know, multiple products <clears throat> that I'm looking to get made. Um, but at this point I maybe it's possible that I may be, um, maybe needing to, um, work with maybe two, maybe three suppliers, to get the products that I need, but, but hopefully I can work with one that can, that can do it all. We shall see, but it's given me, it's given me enough time to, um, to do that. And also one of the things, <clears throat> one of the, the things that I, that, that I didn't do well previously in previous years was, um, I didn't see what, what I planned to do la uh, last year and the year before was really spend time on Amazon, 
and on other websites, but mostly Amazon to uh, source new products, right? So what's selling? What, what are people buying? What's the new trends in, for, for seasonal? I'm, not, I'm talking about seasonal. What are the new trends? What are people buying? What's selling out? Now, here's the thing. And this is the inside thing. You wouldn't know this unless you sold seasonal items. You want to see, you, you got to be watching the market, like I said, as early as like September. Because what's selling out in November or what's selling a lot in November, you already know is a good indication what's going to kill in November, uh, uh, excuse me, October, excuse me. What's, what's, what's selling well in October? What's seasonal items? Christmas, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking up. Uh, what products are selling in October really well? If you have an indication of what's selling really well in October, you can put your bottom dollar on the fact that it's going to explode in November and December. So you got to be watching the market. I didn't really do that last year and the year before, partly because, I mean, I'm working. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working a lot. I'm actually working. So this year, sitting out, sitting on the bench, will allow me to, you know, put together a plan, put together a product, uh, a list of products, you know, uh, um, get clear on what products do I want to, what types of products do I want to bring to market, connecting with suppliers, and also watching the market, seeing what's going on, seeing what's selling as early as October, you know, um, you know, um, taking listings from Amazon, making sure I'm saving them and all that kind of stuff. Because what happens is, see, if you start looking in December, and I'm giving you a little game right now. So if you start looking in December, because you think, you know, oh, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, you know, that's the best time to start buying, you know, uh, seasonal items is, is December. It's actually the worst time to start buying. It's one of the worst times because prices tend to go up um, the closer you get to Christmas. And that's not entirely true for every product, but if there's a limited stock of something, yes, prices are going to go up and they tend to skyrocket. And guess what? People still buy it. I mean, it's the most irrational time. That's, that's why I like selling, you know, during the holiday season. It's the most irrational time of the year where, where most people who are buying things are the most irrational. So they're willing to spend most of their money. They're, they're willing to go into debt. They're willing to put, use their credit cards to give me their wealth. Okay? So uh, that's the transfer of wealth right there. That's the one example of transfer of wealth is during Q4 in the marketplace, e-commerce marketplaces. Okay? So, um, so a lot of people think, you know, it's a good time to start looking in December, but you really want to start looking in November and October because what happens is specifically about Amazon what happens is sometimes those products that sell out in November, uh, October they don't come back in stock so you would never see them you would never see them after October you would never see them in November you never see them in December so you would have an edge if, if that if, you know if this is your thing if you're watching the market if you're trying to understand what's what's selling you will have an edge over someone who starts looking in December or even November because you're saying, whoa, this product sold out in October. So I can actually plan in advance to either, you know, 
contact that manufacturer to see if I can sell the product uh, as well on Amazon or other platforms. Or I can maybe come with come out with a similar product, you know, to sell the following year. Long term. It's long term. I mean, I, listen, I'm in, I've been doing this for a little bit now. It's safe to say that I'm going to still be doing this for a little bit longer. So I'm all long term, you know, all long term, you know, um, with a little bit of short term sprinkled in there. You feel me? But anyways, um, let's see. All right. Let me take a, take a look at my notes here. Cool. So we covered the, the Q4 thing. So the other thing I want to talk about before before uh, we get out of here is inflation. All right. Talk about inflation. Now, <clears throat> you know, the market is really crazy right now. You know, the market meaning just everything. You know, real estate market, stock market, crypto market, everything market. You know the 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 shoe market, the 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 luxury shoe market. You know for the sneakerheads, everything is slowing down. You know things are slowing down a little bit. Prices are coming down, not not slowing down a little bit, slowing down a lot. Prices are coming down a lot. Prices of assets rather, but yet everything else is increasing. You know the fees you pay on Amazon are. Have increased the fee, the fees you pay on Etsy have increased the fees you pay for uh for for shipping you know at the post office has increased the 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 fees you pay for for baby for formula has increased I mean I mean ev- like consumer goods have increased that that's that's a fact you know it's a fact right so at this point. It's safe to say, at this point, it's safe to say that prices are either going to continue to rise or they're going to stay right where they are. Okay. I wouldn't anticipate price to come down on consumer goods. I wouldn't anticipate it. You know, I wouldn't anticipate it. Now, unless you're talking about, you know, real estate, that's not a consumer, that's not a consumer good, excuse me. So we're leaving that out. So consumer goods with gas and, 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 and food, groceries, all that kind of stuff. Consumer goods. It's safe to say that these are the new prices. Think about it. Prices, on average, generally only go up, right? You know, uh, 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 you used to get a pack of gum for 25 cents. You can't no more. It's 35 cents or four. I don't know how much it is. But it used to be 25 cents when I used to go get it, all right? Get a pack of a winter fresh for twenty five cents. Five sticks, okay. You don't do that no more. It it never went back down to five cents, whatever it was, thirty years, fifty years before that, right? So prices are always going to continue. These are the new prices, okay. These are the new prices, all right. But, um, what I've been struggling with is is raising my prices right of my goods okay so um a lot of us have just been eating those new prices i don't drive a lot luckily i do what i do i don't drive a lot so i don't spend a lot on gas now when i do spend money on gas it is a lot you know it costs me a hundred dollars to a hundred dollars to fill my tank you know um 
I do drive a gas guzzling vehicle, you know, uh, and it, yeah, and it just costs me a hundred bucks. Okay. Every time. And I go, I go quite a bit, even though I don't drive a lot, I go more often to fill up my tank more than I like to. Um, but had I been commuting to a job or something like that, I would have been, I would have been dying. I would have been dying, you know, from paying the amount of gas. Right. So, um, I haven't been eating price in that way. I've been eating price in other ways, you know, like baby, baby formula, for example, it, uh, it's, it, you know, depending on what you're looking for, most of the time it's, it's hard to find. So you got these higher prices on Amazon, higher prices here, higher prices there, or you're waiting, you're waiting for it to come back in stock at the store, but you can't really wait. You can't wait for formula to come back, come back in stock at the store. Your baby guys has to eat now. Right. So, you know, I've been eating the cost of time. And also the, the real cost as well. Um, eating the cost of everything else. I mean, uh, let's let's just hone it down specifically with e-commerce. The, the fees are higher. You know, the, the sales channels have raised their fees. I don't know which ones did not. I don't think, um, what is it? Uh, um, Macari, I don't think they raised their fees recently. Um, and Poshmark, I don't think they raised their fees. They may be, they may be cutting back in other areas that we don't know about. That's costing us. Maybe it's in advertising. Maybe they're advertising less of our products, so we're gonna make less sales. Maybe that's what they're doing. Who knows? But um, but I've been struggling with passing on those fees to my customers. I've been struggling with that, and. I think it's unfortunate that, see, I don't know, maybe what, two or three months ago is when, um, I think when, when Etsy, for example, raised their fees, right? Uh, they were, uh, they, they raised their fees by like 30%, right? So from 5% per sale, you know, the selling fee is 5%. Now there's other processing fees, but the selling fee is 5%. It used to be. Now it's 6.5%. So they raised their fee by 30%. Now for me to raise my price by 30% to pass on to a customer, it seems kind of exorbitant, you know? So we're kind of on the losing end of that, of that, of that, uh, you know, of that situation. Because it sounds like, it doesn't sound like much, right? Oh, we're just changing our fees from 5% to 6.5%. It doesn't sound like much, you know? So on uh so uh for every dollar right they're taking a dollar fifty uh excuse me uh uh a one and a half penny more than what they were taking before so from five percent five cent excuse me to six point five cents for every dollar right doesn't sound like much doesn't sound like much but if you want to raise your price in order for you to keep up with inflation, you would have to raise your price 30%. So, like, let me, let me explain. Okay. Uh, my average sales price is $50. Average sales price. And then I increase that by 30%. My new, that makes my new price. So $50 times... 1.30 is 65 dollars 
Okay, so I have to sell my item for that. that I sell for fifty dollars. I have to change it to sixty-five dollars to keep up with inflation. Now, how well will that go with my customer? Hmm. Don't think it'll go that well. My so it it, it doesn't even matter. If the, the the question is not how well it would go to my customer, how how well would that go for me? Because it doesn't do anything for my customer. Because if they don't buy it, they keep their money. If they keep their money, I don't get their money. So I, how does that affect me? Right? So we've been eating the cost. Right? So I've been struggling with that. I've been struggling with that. It's like, hmm, damn. How do I, how do I combat that? Because right now I'm eating the cost. I'm eating the cost of inflation. And we're all eating the cost in some kind of way. So... What I think is going to eventually happen is, uh, is you know, I'm going to be the last person to be able to lower, to be able to increase my price, because what what happens is, see, see when Etsy for for example Etsy, you know, and, and there's there's other places raising their fees too, just with any anywhere else, but because we're talking about e-commerce, let's say Etsy. See for Etsy, they don't have to deal with the the, the customer, right? I am the customer. Okay. So they don't have to deal with the end user of the products. Okay, I do. Okay. So, um, so it's very easy for them to be like, okay, we're gonna raise our fees. Okay, cool. All right, got to eat it. All right. So how do we combat inflation in this specific moment? How do we do that? And what, what's going to happen is eventually we're going to be the last person to be able to raise our fees. So this is a this is on the losing side of things. You know, I'm on the losing side of this battle here. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but um, it is something to think about. It's something to think about. You know, uh, you want to know how your money is being, you know, taken away from you. Or you want to know how to... Um, you, you want to know how to beat inflation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You want to know how you want to know these things. If you kind of just are blind or you don't care or you're not thinking about these things, then, you know, you're not a serious business person. You're not a serious business person, you know, cuz you you're willing to have money taken up from under you. Okay? But anyways, so the reason why I think I'm going to be the last person to be able to raise my prices is because the consumer the consumer, at least during the time that this increase happened, this increase happened where the consumer, where the average consumer probably is, the masses are probably just now realizing how bad inflation is. Okay, so they haven't accepted it yet. It's going to take time for the masses to accept the new inflation. It's going to take time for the masses to. Uh, make be okay with spending more money than they're used used to spending it's going to take a little while for them to to not realize how much money they spend you know to get back into that moment where they're not thinking about every dollar they spend you know because right now we're in that in 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 a time in, in in a time in our history where people are you know afraid right people are really cognizant of the money they're spending not everybody, but but you can see where I'm getting that from just based on 
the 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 news and and the media and everything that that uh, the messages that are being pushed out to people right inflation that's a real thing it, it is a real thing you know if you drive a car you understand everybody understands okay it's going to take time for people to accept that these are the new prices it's going to take time it may take a year it may take longer who knows but there's no way in hell that I can take my price for the same product from $50 and increase it by 30, 30% to $65. That's not happening. So I'm going to have to eat inflation. I'm going to eat it. Maybe down the road, I can creep my price up, right? So there's some products, like, there's some products that I have that I I sell for a little, uh, I sell it. There's a, there's a science to my pricing, okay? I price there's a science to it. I, do, I don't price. I'm not a price gouger. I see a lot of people price gouging. It's probably it's probably probably because they have a scarcity mindset, or probably because they have a scarcity of money or resources. But I don't price gouge. I I try to um, make a fair price based on my cost of goods. Make a fair price, and then I sell at that price, and my. Part of my formula is to, as I get more reviews and um, the algorithm starts picking up the product a little more, I slowly increase my product, the the, the price. I've done that with many. I've, I've done that with all of my best sellers. I've increased price. I play with the price until I got to a point where it's like, okay, I'm at the optimal price. I get X amount of sales, and I'm good with that. If I lower my price, I'll probably get more sales. But I'm not cool with working for less money. Okay. But at this profit, at this price point, I make this profit. I am okay. I'm okay with working for that profit. All right. So I've done that with many of my products. And I took products that were um, 40. Uh, I used to have a product. My best seller, my previous best seller used to be $40. Was it 40? And now it's, uh, was it 46? So what is. Six divided by forty. I increased the price by six dollars. So I increased it fifteen percent, you know, and that and that wasn't during a time of inflation and all that kind of stuff. I just increased it, you know. And over time, when when you're doing things like that, that is how you're gonna beat inflation over time. When inflation is happening this heavy, the way it is right now, we probably will not be able to beat it hand-to-hand combat, right? I'm not going to be able to raise my price 30% today because the, my fees went up 30%. I can't do that, okay? It's going to happen over time. So when actually inflation starts coming down and people start getting used to these new prices, I may be able to start raising my prices at that point. And at that point, let's say inflation comes down, uh, 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 right now, you know, the new... Um, uh, uh, the report that came out not too long ago was inflation was at 9.1%. So if the target is 2%, so let's say inflation comes out at 2%, I may be able to, I, at my prices now, even though the fees, because the, the fee on Etsy is never going to go back down to 5%. It's at 6.5%. It's going to go higher. Okay. So I may be able to, over time, get to $65. Okay. But it may take two or three years. You know, that's just what it is. 
So I'm going to have to find um, uh, other ways to, to combat inflation because there may be a particular product. There may be a particular product that um, uh, brings my price up, you know, because for some reason it's very popular or I'm able to, or, or the value is uh, the value exchange is, is 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 great on the customer side, so they're willing to pay a lot more for the product for the value that I'm giving them. You know, uh, the value that I'm giving them exceeds the amount of money that they're giving me. So, so there may be a point in time where I'm, my most popular sellers today, even though I may not be able to raise the prices of them by fifteen bucks, there may be another product down the line that I, that I could, uh, uh, that may bring up my average, um, my average cart size, average cart size or average sales price, $50 now. So, um, let's see. Let me, get, let me take a look at my notes real quick before we get a little off track. So, uh, so right. So all of that to say that, with in this environment, we have to work harder. That's the answer to combat inflation. You got to work harder. It's, it's that simple. Um, that's just the way it is. You know, the good times are are coming to an end. In the good times, you don't have to work as hard because the environment is 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 working for you. Okay. When the bad times start coming in, you got to start paying attention to the numbers, right? You got to start paying attention to the details. You got to start paying attention to the conversion rates. You got to start paying attention a little bit more and putting more attention to, um, to conversion, basically, in, 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 in the realm that we're in. It's about conversion. I mean, it's about conversion in other industries as well. But talking about us, it's about conversion, right? Let me give you an example of what I'm saying, okay? So... One of the new things that came out before the market took a turn, before the recession, quote unquote, right? Or, you know, technically we are in a recession. So before the recession, one of the things that um, became industry standard for us was video. So all of the platforms, most of the, the major platforms rather, now allow you to put up a video of your product. So not just photos, you put up photos and then now you have the ability to add video. Now this came out before the recession. Okay. I would, I can almost guarantee 90 plus percent of people, sellers rather, did not take it, did not, you know, utilize that option. And the reason why is because it takes work, you know, and if you're already getting sales, if you're getting, you know, sales that you're used to and the market's doing good and, you know, you're hitting your numbers, like, like, for example, like Mike, myself, I was doing, you know, I was doing anywhere between 30 and 35,000 in sales a month on Etsy alone, January up until May, May 1st is when everything took a turn. Now the market was coming down in April, but May 1st is when everything took a turn and I was waiting I was, I was honestly, I was waiting for like this streak to end. I was like, well, how long is this going to continue like this? And I got, I got, I got trapped 
I'm like, okay, well, this is my new number. Then my new number is 30,000, 30, between 30 and 35,000. Back in April, I was like, okay, well, this is my new number. It's been going on, you know, every month up until this point. So my new number is 30, between 30 and 35 with, without, you know, with me doing what I'm doing, you know, without doing anything more or less, uh, without doing anything more than what I was doing, which wasn't much. But <clears throat> what I'm saying is, uh, I, when the video came out, I did put up more videos. I did have, you know, I put up some videos. I didn't put up a lot. You know, I got some videos on some of my listings, you know, on eBay, uh, on Etsy or Poshmark allows you to do it too. I got some, not a lot. Uh, actually this, this came out back. The video thing came out back in, I think Q4 of last year. I think, yeah, Q4 of last year or somewhere around there, but nobody used it. That was the good times, you know? But what I'm saying now is, see, when the market's coming down, now you got to be a little more competitive, right? So it's a little bit of game. If, if you want to take something and use it and, and beat your comp competition as video, that one thing, that one thing will probably, will probably, you know, keep your conversion the way it was pre-recession or similar to it. Because if you're doing something everybody else is doing, you're able to capture attention more so um, because you're competing, you know, you're, you're really competing because the, the pool of buyers have decreased. So you're competing for the same buyers for a lower amount of buyers, excuse me. So what's the difference between you and the next person? So the, the smaller the buyer pool, the more competitive you're going to have to be. So you got to work harder. You know, is putting up more video. Now, here's the thing. So, here's the thing with me. Now, I've been talking about SOPs and standard operating procedures. I've been talking about that for a little while now. And I didn't realize, and this pre, pre-recession, I was talking about this. And one of the things I realized was like, hmm, okay. So, now I got these standard operating procedures. I cut down, I mean, tens and tens of hours of work. What can I do at that time? You know, what can I do at that time? One of the things I could do, and I've implemented some of this, I didn't, I didn't, I haven't been full force with this, is because I'm still in the process of, uh, I'm, I'm at, I'm at the, the end of phase one of my, of my SOPs, my, my, my most important SOPs rather. So I'm coming out with new SOPs all the time nowadays, but I have uh, some SOPs that um, involve the the work that takes me the longest to do those SOPs I'm at the end of phase one almost at the end of phase one of that one of of um in the phase one for those SOPs that take me the longest um of the activities that take me the longest if that makes sense sorry but um so one of the things that I I've done and I plan on doing more of is video now I have more time to crank out a lot more videos okay so <clears throat> that gives me a competitive advantage off rip because I was I was already pre-recession setting myself up to have more time to do that now <clears throat> phase one for me uh, I'll talk about a little bit about this uh, Part of phase one is, you know, um, increasing my 
listings, my number of listings, okay? So in the category that I'm in, variety helps. That's my perception. I actually could be wrong about that. And I, I think about that. I, I challenge myself, like, can, can I be wrong? Because I was fine at, you know, 30 to 40 listings. I was doing okay. But I have increased my listing. I've I've doubled, um, a little over doubled my size of listings. I have uh, about 100 listings now. Um, and it's, it's going to take maybe two more months to uh, really see what the effects are of having that many listings. And one the other thing I just I just thought of uh yesterday was sure uh I increased my listings, but I also need to increase my marketing budget. I need to double um you know two and a half times or double my marketing budget because it's not gonna make sense. It, it may not make sense that I doubled my listings but not my marketing budget. So I may have, I, I just thought of that. I didn't think about that before, but yesterday I did think about that. So I'll be implementing that as well as part of phase one. Um, so I'm done with phase one in terms of creating the SOPs. So now they're, they're bullet, um, they're bulletproof, I guess you could say, meaning that, uh, they've been edited, they've been tested, they've been tried. They, you know, it, it took, an, it's taken a few months to do this. But um, all the little nuances and problems that um, I didn't foresee when I first started writing the SOPs have been addressed, all that kind of stuff. So now I have a, a few SOPs that are just like, I can just snap out new listings, you know, very quickly. Um, but anyways, uh, my point is I'll have more time to maximize the difference, you know, my competitive advantage. And maybe that's video. Maybe. Who knows? It, it may not be, you know, but it's safe to say that a person who views a video may be more likely willing to buy from, uh, from that person, from that seller who has maybe a video than person, someone who doesn't. It's safe to say that that could be a safe bet. Now, by how much? There's not really much data. I mean, Etsy tells you that they're like twice as likely. They have a certain number, you know, which could be true. You know, they're twice as likely to buy or three times more likely or whatever it was, uh, the stat that they give. They're more likely to buy if you have a video on your listing. Could be true, could be not be true. But I think it's safe to say that hmm, it, it probably is true. Now, at some point, years from now, that's going to be an equalizer. Everybody's going to have to have video. If you don't have video, that's, that's the standard. But right now, is a good time to get your to get videos up, uh, but you have to be systematized. Or, um, you know, if you're in a market that doesn't require you to have a variety in many listings, this is not going to be a problem for you. But if you're someone who has lots of listings, having video could be challenging. You know, but to overcome that challenge, I think it's a good idea to start systematizing your business in a way where you have more time to crank out those things. And I am in a, I'm in a situation uh, that I didn't realize I was going to be in where I, I'm able to do that. So um, to combat inflation could be increasing your sales. You know, um, even though you're not getting the 30%, you're not raising your prices by 30 cents, 30%. 
But if you're able to get more sales than you would have gotten, you know, prior to, because in in the new, you know, in this new market, you know, I can, you know, I can assume that a lot of people are experiencing some type of slowdown in sales, you know, some type of slowdown, you know. And if you're in, the, if you're in a niche that, you know, where your sales haven't, haven't decreased at all since January up until now, that's, you know, good, good. That's, that's cool. But I think a lot of people have experienced somewhat of a slowdown, you know, and, um, I think for us to combat inflation is to increase ourselves, ourselves. And that's going to require you to work harder, maybe at the beginning, you know, but, uh, and when I say work harder, I don't mean, uh, I mean, what I mean is, you know, you, you're going to have to work harder than you did pre-recession. That's what I mean. I don't mean like you got to start slaving because I'm not, I'm not working harder. I'm actually working the same amount of time because I'm saving my time because I'm outsourcing my work and I have more time to, uh, uh, to, to do, to, um, uh, I have more time to um, work on my competitive advantage, right? So I'm not actually working harder. Now I did work harder at the beginning by creating these SOPs and and testing them. That took months, you know? It took a lot of time, right? So yes, I worked harder at the beginning, but I'm not working as hard, than, uh, um, you know, long-term. You know, it's just, you know, you work hard for a little bit, get your systems up, you know, you start cranking out the videos and then bam, you know, you're not working harder, but, but, but I am working harder than I would be pre recession because I wasn't doing any of this pre recession really, you know, I didn't have any SOPs. I wasn't creating SOPs. I wasn't creating any videos really. So I'm working harder than I was pre recession, but it's not, you know, but it's not really working harder. It's just working the way you probably should be working, you know? Um, cause like, you know, there was, there's like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, there was times, you know, from the end of last year up until like April or May, I'm literally working like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours max daily, you know, and I'm doing about 30, 35,000 in sales for the month, you know, now, now I'm, when I say working two hours daily, I mean like actually in the business, you know, there's other things I was doing that were like maybe on the business, you know, working on the business, but in the business, I was working, you know, barely two hours, you know, from you know, every day and every day I work every day. I don't work some days. I work every day. Okay. So, um, so yeah, you know, but when I started doing SOPs, I started working a lot more in the video, even with the videos, I'm still working a lot more than I was back then, but it's not working harder per se. You know, it's working the way I should be working. That's what it is. Um, all right, let's see what I got here. Let's see what I got here. Yeah, I lost my page. Where'd my page go? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Um, so as a result of working harder, as we, as we discussed, um, to beat in, to one of the ways that we're going to beat inflation is we're going to have to make more money, obviously, um, you know, make more money, you know, you know, increase your competitive advantage, 
work on the things you know you should be working on or you sh um, you know you should have been working on work on those things that help you increase your business increase your sales increase your competitive advantage all the things that were in the back of your mind that you, you just just haven't got around to pre-recession just get to it get to it and that's gonna you know eventually help you make more money all right we had to take a break there the uh recording cut off um but yeah i was basically just saying that you have to make more money and then um that's gonna help you beat inflation working harder making more money making more sales and then um the the last thing is um saving money okay I, i'm not a big uh i've never been a big saver you know i've never been a big saver uh until recently and uh i'm not i'm not as um uh, I've, I've been focusing on saving. When I say saving, I don't mean like, oh, just hoarding hoarding cash and hoarding in a savings account. I've never been that dude. I've never been that dude to have a savings account or um, have a large savings account, anything like that. I didn't, you know, savers are losers. That was that was my mantra or the mantra that I follow. Savers are losers. And, um, and uh, you know, and when, you, when, you, when you grow up poor and broke, the way I did, um, you know, saving is, is, it sounds ridiculous. You know, I need to make, you know, I, I, I don't have a saving problem. I have a income problem. So I've been always been trying to solve the income problem, you know? Um, so that's always been my focus in, un, until recently, until recently. I, I don't, I don't personally, personally, I don't believe in 401ks. Even though I had a job, I didn't invest in the 401k purposely, intentionally. Um, but uh, these days, my my focus has been a lot on saving and investing, saving for investing. OK, that's what I mean when I say saving. So not saving just, you know, for savings account. Got it. All right. So. Uh, so I understand, I understand a lot more about uh, economics and I'm studying. I'm studying these days, too, as well. Um, I got quite a few audio books. Um, a few podcasts, videos that I watch on YouTube where I'm just not, not so much videos, but I, I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks where I'm studying the markets, I'm studying about investing, studying about, you know, IRAs, different types of IRAs, um, um, you know, life insurance products as well, whether they're annuities or whole life products, um, IULs. I'm learning about all these different ways to um, save for retirement, and um, and what I'm getting ready to say is not necessarily about retirement, but uh, at this point, at this point, it's it's it may be good to be intentional about saving because what's going to happen is. If the indicators are correct, okay, the indicators that we're going into a deeper recession where asset prices are going to get lower, you know, you know, the, the housing market is slowing down and I, I see it in my neighborhood, you know, I, I see houses for sale and they haven't been sold. That wasn't the case before. So I see it, you can see the market slowing down, you know, the cost of crypto prices down there stock market down everything's down and 
I think we're, you know, two things we're gonna happen. Two things are gonna happen. We're either gonna bounce from here. Maybe, maybe, maybe we are at the low right now. Are we? We're at the bottom right now. That could be the case. That, that could be, you know, um, and or it may be true what everybody is saying that we can be seeing a further, uh, uh, you know, more downside. In that case, having cash, saving money, is a good idea. Because you want to buy assets at the lowest possible price. Saving money did not make sense six months ago. Maybe uh, maybe 12 months ago. Maybe not six months ago. Maybe 12 months ago. Maybe saving money didn't make sense. You know. But selling your assets, if you had assets at that point in time, made sense. Because we were at the top. We are at the top of the market. So if you had assets at that time, selling makes sense. Selling makes sense. So income, not saving, income made sense at that point in time. But now we're at the lows. Saving makes sense to purchase the assets. Because we're at the lows right now. Okay? So... Uh, that is the other way we're going to beat inflation. So we're not, we may not be able to beat inflation directly, hand-to-hand -hand combat. You know, the fees went up 30%. I'm going to raise my price 30%. That's hand-to-hand -hand combat dealing with inflation. That's not going to happen. But let's say you're investing into your retirement accounts. Let's say, uh, you know, while prices are low at this, at this point, Right. And continuing to do that over over the next God knows how long, you know, we're going to be in a downturn and who knows if we're going to continue to go in a downturn. But if we're buying assets at this time with our income that we're getting right now. At some point, those assets will inflate. OK, they'll inflate and prices will inflate and your returns could be triple, double, quadruple, whatever they're going to be. And that will make up for the lost money that we're eating in inflation today. Okay, we're eating inflation today. But if we're investing our money, saving our money to buy assets, whether that's real estate, you know, whether that's, you know, warehousing space so you can scale your business, whether that's actual income property or uh, whether that's a stock, whether that's crypto, no matter what it is. But if you're taking your money that we're making right now in this downturn and you're doing you're working harder so your 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 income is still sufficient to cover your living expenses and to have some excess that excess needs to go into assets whether that's your retirement um, in a tax deferred situation or in a um, non-tax deferred situation where you're just you know maybe buying just assets you know with your after-tax dollars um, And that's the formula. That's the formula to beat inflation. Is to buy at the lows, to invest. That's that's how that's how we're gonna beat it. If you're gonna try to do hand-to-hand -hand combat, you're gonna lose. Because if I if I raise my prices from 50 to 65, I won't have any sales. If I don't have any sales, I don't make any money. And if I don't make any money, I'm gonna be pressed to pay my to pay my bills. And if I can't pay my bills, there's no way I can invest my money. 
And if I can't invest my money, I cannot get the returns that are possible in a downturn market. See how that works. All right. Um, let's see what I got here. Anything else? Um, nope, that's it. That's all I got for you guys. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And until the next one, peace.